Hello and welcome to this episode of Hey Art, What's Good, where we like to ask art what's good. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Rosie and Ellie. Hello. Hello. Also, I'm Alice. I feel as I never actually say that. I'm just expecting you to know who I am. <laughs> um, and this week we did something really, really cool. But what we like to do on this podcast is see what's cool with each other. like to ask each other what's good. We like to check in. So, Ellie, what's good with you this week? I'm glad you asked, Alice. Well... Pretty much like 10 minutes before we started doing this episode, I found out that Instagram comics are a thing. They are indeed a thing. Specifically, Woman's World. That's a great one. I'd like, thank you, Rosie. Thank you so much. I passed that on to Alice many months ago. Maybe even like a year ago or something. It's been a little while, yeah. a while. And now I didn't even realise Ellie didn't know. It's just so good. I mean, like the whole swipey thing, like looking a little free. It's like actually reading a comic, but it's free. It's great. (laughs) Free art. Woo. What's good with you, Rosie? Well, firstly, I want to shout out to Instagram because thank you to the over 200 people who follow us now, which I'm yeah, thanks, buddies. And if you don't follow us, it's hey, what's good? And it's really easy, super duper easy. And I'm following everyone, so get on that. Um, (laughs) But the thing that I think I'm most, most like happy with is that many many months ago a year ago in fact me and alice started working on a film together we did that's finished yay i got there (laughs) yes and i'm sorry i it was all my fault it's very late and it's just me (laughs) because i'm not about that post-production life that's fair but yeah that's that's happened now so the client is happy yeah client of of which is, is Rosie's brother. It is. So I'm very glad he's happy with it. Yeah, my brother's autistic and likes making films about his life because obviously he's the most important person that's ever existed. I mean, I, I can see it. So, nice one, Jim. It would be Thanks super for... interesting to see it, though. Like... Yeah. To be fair, he does have like an interesting life and perspective on things, like the things that he thinks are important that he wants to show people is quite interesting. So, mm, yeah. that's quite nice. And he's definitely more active than me. He does so much stuff like on a day-to-day basis. It's fantastic. Never stops. <laughs> it's like a variety of things as well. Yeah, it really yeah, is. He's trying to live his best life, just like all of us here at Hale. What's good? Mm-hmm. We do try. Alice, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's good with me? It's also family related my brother's coming back like today the day of recording um he lives in leicester well he's just left leicester now him and his boyfriend are moving to helsinki because they're fucking cool um so they're gracing us with their presence for a few days so i'm quite excited to hang out it's been a little while adam is definitely one of the coolest people i've ever met but he's pretty cool (laughs) i don't even know him and i think he's pretty cool (laughs) he's just that cool yeah he's got he's just got shit done things together what an icon (laughs) truly speaking of iconic is that a segue could be uh the exhibition went to see i would say quite iconic quite interesting um it's called double dropping on a phantom island and it's a collaboration uh, between two artists, uh, Michaela Cullen and Declan Colquitt. Um, so the exhibition is at the Newbridge Project, which uh, it started in Newcastle in Carlyle House. And they've uh, in the past year, they've bought and made up space in Gateshead, which is on the high street, which I still remember being a Woolworths when I was little. <laughs> um, Back in the day. I know, right? Uh, it's an amazing space. It's really cool. So they've got like an exhibition space like in the front, which is where this exhibition was, and like behind like a curtain's not the right word, but like I want to say sort of 
butcher's meat fridge sort of like <laughs> so curtain. in the butcher's meat fridge no. they've got <laughs> i think she was saying about 30 uh, artist studios and like kind of like a common space and i guess it's technically another exhibition space with the like the performance um thing we'll talk about that uh, later it's super cool it's a multimedia multidisciplinary um exhibition which brings together uh film music um like physical like art pieces that hang on the wall um books each artist created a short like a small publication which is the, it's obviously about the same thing but it focuses on different aspects of the exhibition and like the context and all the meaning and background info and stuff and they're really really well made they're really cool and an interesting uh, aspect of this entire exhibition is like the hand-built bleachers because it's it's a, a film like a film exhibition and they built like a set of bleachers like seats so you could watch it and i mean for one that's just cool in general but the reason why they did it is also really cool uh, so we're talking to the artist uh like michaela and she was saying that when there's seats somewhere the expectation is to sit down and especially when there's a film screening at an exhibition it's like once you sit down you can't really leave again mm, yeah that kind of awkwardness of like oh i don't want to like disrupt or i don't want to be rude or that sort of thing yeah. like that sort of british politeness yes, almost yeah definitely. like very much so and the way she was talking about it i really liked because it made it almost like a she said it was because it was a kind of almost sculpture that you interacted with mm-hmm. but then it was kind of forcing your body to move in a certain way and that in itself is almost like a performance but a performance that like the artist is like maybe making mm-hmm. the audience do without them even really thinking because you do just automatically sit down yeah you see a chair and you're like yeah nice mm-hmm. yeah and a little rest yeah exactly and it, it was very cool and yeah if i'm not mistaken because we went separately i went a later date to mm-hmm. you two but we were using them as like a desk <laughs> like a, yeah <laughs> like that because <laughs> we have you know we've got thoughts that we want to put down on paper so you know we need a table like trying to watch the video read the book and make notes at the same time like you gotta you gotta have a desk yeah multitasking a modern day woman truly very good <laughs> uh, so this exhibition is fantastic it's part of the the life in a northern town like series that the Newbridge project has been doing it's a kind of series that is working in collaboration with different artist-led spaces in the country so one of the artist-led spaces that i believe uh, declan colquitt was kind of collaborating with is uh, caustic coastal they're like an independent art label based in salford um so that's, that's kind of cool like that way it's not just um a standalone sort of exhibition that this one gallery is putting on like this one space it's a collaboration with lots of different north like specifically northern uh, arts-led organizations and yeah um, it's very much the north rather than just yes. newcastle in the northeast and i think that's important because we talked a lot about the exhibition of the north but really although we love it because we're geordies yeah it's mm-hmm. been very focused on newcastle in the northeast and what about well it's an exhibition of the north mm-hmm. so what about the other north because <laughs> it's the whole point the north gets overlooked and misunderstood mm-hmm. and it's like we're kind of i don't know we're we doing that in ourselves who knows it's exciting to know that like there's there's lots like lots of these cool art establishments and institutions working together yeah it's great uh, so this exhibition is one that's very seeped in irish mythology that's where uh, michaela cullen's from she's irish and currently living in leeds mm-hmm. well, should we talk a little bit about where the artists are from like how their connections to the north yeah yeah because michaela was saying her 
like it was like they were both saying actually they had a, a bit of a strange relationship with the north in that you know she's irish she's not from this country mm-hmm. but that she's living in the north so she does have that relationship and she's like chosen to live here in her adult life mm-hmm. and um Declan. and Declan was from manchester i believe mm-hmm and then it defected to me on that well, but yeah he said he was like i'm a defector London. and i love that because that's so that's such a northern thing to say it is that northern pride and that regional identity and like you know you don't want to traitor living yeah. in london <laughs> how dare oh my you? god <laughs> but yeah they had both quite interesting northern voices in that way mm-hmm. so it was you know they were maybe coming at this from a bit of a like alternative perspective which i'm yeah. excited to delve into Indeed, big fan of that. Um, so part of this alternative perspective is looking at uh, the, this kind of Irish mythology. So like, I mostly focused on the film aspect of this exhibition because that like me and Ellie must have watched it about three or four times we just when we went yeah. and then we watched it again for the talk yesterday. Um, and it's about this phantom island, hence part of the title, uh, which is supposedly off the western coast of Ireland. And it's completely shrouded in mist, but for one day every seven years, the mist clears. But apparently, despite this, you can't actually get to it. You can just see it. And it's called Who Brazil, I think, is what she was saying. Um, and there's these three kind of, what would we call them? Like figures of. They apparently, I did a little bit of research into oh, Irish perfect. mythology, but I don't pretend to be an expert. Yeah. That, um, <laughs> like, there's like the main goddess called Maring Morrigan. Morrigan, thank you. Or Marigna in Irish, which definitely not saying right, but <laughs> but um apparently she's made of like three things, so it ah. could be those three figures are representative of her as a whole. Got you. Maybe. Yeah, and Michaela was saying that it is open to interpretation. That she specifically said, you know, you could see them as like three friends or three sisters and i like that you know there's a specific gender in there mm-hmm. of like these are like there's a femininity about this it's a female artist and that's that that input there yeah so interesting and they were kind of like like it's kind of represents youth as well like three sisters or kind of like three young people like hanging out together and kind of like exploring the island yeah mm-hmm. as well so they're, they're exploring this island because they just find themselves dropped on it and it's as hard as, as it is to see and find the island, it's also apparently quite hard to actually leave it. So they're spending like this film like trying to figure out ways and like performing rituals to to leave. And it's hard to say whether they actually do because there's a, like, a kind of pivotal point in the film because it's all in black and white uh, until something like happens after they've performed on these rituals. One of them kind of breaks off and goes through this psychotropic kind of experience where like the the image becomes really wavy and then it like um progresses into color um so we don't know if she's actually leaving or if she's just cry- like really kind of experiencing something bad because of this but it's, it's super interesting and it is one of those films that is completely up to interpretation and yeah. they were saying that like this like mythology aspect it's hard to guess from just watching it if you don't know anything about it or if you don't read the materials that are like provided by the artists um but that's just a surface level sort of like interpretation and context about the the film there's like a lot like a deeper sense 
of um like meaning and context behind it which we can talk a bit about yeah definitely gotta do a little bit of research do a bit of homework it's quite i I really enjoy that aspect of kind of exhibits kind of being like oh what's that about and then kind of going into it and being like oh i've just opened a hole of like like as we've said this is one of those things that we'll like do we like to like experience the exhibit like for anything really and then form our own opinions about it and then inform those opinions by reading the materials and all that kind of stuff and doing our own research what was quite interesting this time and i think is this the f- like not the first time but maybe like it was really it was really cool to sit down with the artists and actually hear their thoughts and kind of form ideas together that was yeah i've i found that really like interesting to be able to do that because obviously like that's like a one-time thing it's not going to be there with the exhibition the entire time just yeah. out of interest, I forget that I'm very much in the art scene a little bit and I'm not, I don't shy away from these sorts of experiences. And part of my degree was once a week, every week, we'd have an artist talk. So and I had a kind of short piece of writing on it. Right. And part of our studio practice, like the paperwork that went alongside that was you had to prove that you'd been at like at least five of these talks in a semester. So Whoa. that's, yeah, it was a lot. I much prefer it when I don't have to write essays about it, but... <laughs> That's neither here nor there. And just do a podcast about it now. Hey, that's much better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, just out of interest, so have you, either of you ever been to an artist talk yeah. like that before? Uh, yeah. We had a few artists come to do they talk in my school at Leeds. Nice. Are you having a thing? I don't think so. Not in that sort of kind of informal atmosphere or like informal environment. Mm. Yeah, that was quite yeah. different. Because I, I know just... you've been at lectures and things and talks. Mm-hmm, where people kind of talk at you. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like, like, and I know you have interest in various other things as well. So you may have been to other kind of, yeah, like academic and creative discussions. But mm-hmm. it's a little bit different when it's an artist, I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad yeah, you enjoyed it, though. You seem to enjoy it anyway. It was really fun. There was some references where I was like, mm, art <laughs> references. There's lots of abbreviations for names of institutions, which I guess if you didn't know what the institution was, then just all these random letters flying about is a bit bit confusing. <laughs> but like just talking to people and like the general themes talked about, I could definitely get along with. And everyone has like an opinion on these sorts of things. So that was that was very accessible. And awesome. it was fun. It was a cute Good. dogger there as well. It was a cute dogger was Bailey was was Bailey. its name Lovely. it was delightful well kind of going back to the art a little bit and how we choose to interact with it as we said we go around maybe I always see and I like seeing it blind like mm-hmm. I don't like reading about it I'll just see it and then I do read about it and then I look at it again but then this added element of then actually the artist's straight up like telling us their process and their thoughts and things added that next layer to it and I'm not gonna lie to you when I first saw it blind, hadn't a clue what was going on. It is a bit of a, a tricky one. It's very cryptic. Mm-hmm. And everything about it's cryptic because the music is very like, I'm a big fan of the music, by the way. Mm-hmm. But it's sound and noise. And I actually, I went to go see it with um, our friend who is a musician and he's very into noise. And that's mm-hmm. got a, a, a like big roots in the north. Mm-hmm. Um and so that was confusing and then there's all these images that are happening that I had no idea what they meant and yeah there's like I could tell it was like really drenched in symbolism and lots of like iconography and everything meant something because that's like usually with art that is the way everything is intentional and I think Alice can confirm when it comes to a film Mm -hmm. nothing is accidental or very rarely yeah so 
watching it for the first time, I had no clue what was going on. Yeah, same. <laughs> but then that's why I kind of like, yeah, I quite like the seating for that reason, though, because as we've said, it's you're kind of invited to like, take part in it. Like you almost become a performance in a way. Mm-hmm. So I was there, like I was still like present. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. I like, I think that that was really successful, like yeah. straight off the bat. That you walk in and then you're kind of faced with this sculpture. And when we went, there was no one else there because it was yeah, in the same middle of the we day. Went. Same, yeah. Yeah, so because we go to galleries at strange times, but um, at first it was like, can I can I touch it? Can I get on it? Because it looks like it's very sculptural. I really like mm-hmm. that. It looks very handmade, but in a really like a good way. But like very pristine because it's quite new. Yes. So then, like climbing on it very tentatively, like ready at any point for someone to be like, get off. <laughs> <laughs> but that engagement straight away kind of made me. It put me at ease a little bit. I think when I was watching a film, I didn't understand. You could kind of sit there for like ages, like just rooted there, just kind of trying to make more and more sense. Yeah. And because the film, how long is it? Do we know? Feels like it's about 20, 25 I minutes. I was thinking 20 minutes. But yeah. I could be wrong because we didn't time it. That's true. <clears throat> we'll find out. <laughs> or you can find out by trying to watch it. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I did a bit of reading and a little, like it made a little more sense. But then the biggest takeaway that I. I think we all really appreciated and enjoyed is when we were listening to the artists and when they were talking to us, they were saying that it was such a personal project for both of them. And straight away, one of the first things they said is it was a pleasure working with each other Mm -hmm. because they'd not been afraid to really delve into some quite personal things. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a lovely thing. And they didn't tell us what those things were because they didn't need to. It wasn't for us. Mm -hmm. And that was really a big takeaway that I took from the talk that, I've always believed, but it's really easy to forget that sometimes art is for the artist. And it's not even that it's just because like, it is okay if you don't understand art, but sometimes you're not even really meant to understand it. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. It's just you're being like invited to have a try. Of, yeah. Like, kind of, like there's definitely something in it for everyone for sure but every single aspect and core meaning isn't necessarily there for you to just immediately take away um, so it's really interesting about it i really loved that um i feel so we should talk about the music a little bit because yes. it was like very interesting and see unfortunately when me and ellie went the music was turned right down so we could only hear when it was like when it got to like pretty loud bits but obviously last night it was on like proper volume in all its glory and it is quite glorious it's fantastic so um the music was the domain of Declan Colquitt um and it's to quote the the little uh, information thing it's a visceral navigation of naughty's northern dance culture uh, which you could get because it included like lots of different samples that you could kind of hear I remember at one point it was like if you imagine like an MC like shouting at a crowd during a gig or something, it included like aspects of that and was really interesting. It was kind of like very lo-fi sounding and it was made on, or was like made through the use of like an old like Nokia camera phone, like you know, ones that like had infrared to like uh, disseminate music and all that kind of stuff. And you showed away the phone, it's like this tiny, ridiculous little thing. Yeah, one of the first camera films. Yeah. It was so I love that. That's of all the things I thought he was gonna pull out of his bag, it was not that. It was <laughs> so sturdy as well. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, you could drop that any day of the week and it'd be fine. <laughs> you could build your house with them. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it was great. And it was, you know, because like and I heard him say, Oh yeah, I used a Nokia. And I was like, wait, 
knock it like and I heard it but I didn't understand it and yeah. then he literally pulled out a phone and I was like yes <laughs> it is what I thought it was <laughs> but it was, it was really fantastic it was such a an interesting way to um to first of all make anything but for that to be what it's like the actual project is based around it was really cool and this as well is to do with kind of the artist's personal feelings and experiences that underlie a lot of the the meaning in the film yeah, it's really cool. And it works really well with the like the actual visuals on the screen. You've got this black and white kind of essentially silent film that's got a musical score and it's very much seeped in kind of Irish mythology, but then it's got like quite modern elements to it as well, like they're wearing leather jackets and I'm sure I saw one of them was wearing like Nike Air Max trainers. It was really cool. And then you've got this cool lo-fi soundscape that really brings you through the narrative. And it's just really, really cool. I think as well, like, generally speaking, you have, like, a sound and, like, usually... It's usually, like, partying or something you do is, like, when you're young. So that's sort of, like... That's, like, a major part of quite a lot of people's lives. So, like, the sort of noughties rave culture was... Was it 90s or noughties, sorry? Noughties. Noughties. So I'm not saying that... I'm not pretending that, like, I was part of that really at all, but just looking into it, you obviously had sort of they talked a bit about the raves in the caves in Cumbria and talking about like people just taking drugs and raving in a field in that there's like a piece of the Expo of the North in the Baltic that talks about the cave raves in Cumbria. And the thing that was just so interesting was just how the media perceived this sort of youth movement of like dangerous, like they shouldn't do it. They're taking loads of drugs. It's really, really bad. Yeah, reckless, like they're putting themselves reckless, in yeah. danger. They're putting us in danger, the normal people. Like, mm-hmm. I, like in the Baltic, there was a bit about, there was a news element to it. Yes. There was a, a newscaster On talking like about how television. not only are they putting themselves at danger, but they're like good men and women of the rescue <laughs> teams and things. And it's like, okay, like it's like turning them into these like demonizing the enemy, them, yeah. yeah. Like it's us versus them. They're going to come and like smash your house and eat your baby. And then like there's the other aspect of like so I did a little bit of a deep dive on like the Icarus complex, which is kind of mentioned in like with the books that were kind of present at the exhibition. So they were like mm. on chains. Yeah. Um on the kind of benches. There was like two publications, one I think I don't know if I mentioned before, like they were written by each artist and so this one that mentioned like talks in depth about the Icarus complex is Declan's kind of contribution Mm -hmm. so that I didn't like look at it too much but that like looks at like Henry A. Murray who looked at like personology and how kind of you can look at specific behaviors or like subconscious things of a human and kind of like identify them as something wider so then how that links to MK Ultra is kind of how he treated his undergrads at like a specific time so like the u.s like i'm not gonna get into too many conspiracy <laughs> theories like oh but we could <laughs> it like <laughs> i mean turn it's into fun a very as hell. different podcast <laughs> real fast <laughs> but basically just it was looking at how kind of lsd in particular kind of because for those people that don't know mk ultra was something that happened in america in the 60s yeah mm-hmm. where the government and the cia were using lsd to see if they could control people Basically, like, the idea of, like, yeah. was it like the idea of like sleeper soldiers and super soldiers? It's all military. It's always yeah. military. So, like, looking at how you could like use biological like drug agents or manipulate people in a way that could make them basically mind control or kind of 
make people reveal things about themselves in like lots of torture methods. But um, basically, so they use LSD in those kind of trials to try and make people say things that they wanted them to say. So then a lot of, in a lot of ways, youth culture takes the drugs that were kind of in previous decades used to be a weapon and like t- to take them recreationally to do whatever. And then you've also got like the demonizing of the youth from like the televisions as well, from the like cave raves. So it was really interesting to kind of see that kind of element because it's not said that it's either bad or good but just that's like a major part of youth in a lot of ways and that kind of like leads into the artists as well and what they were talking about like the youth in their work yeah definitely and to kind of link to those raves and that rave culture as well the i believe it was shot there was a lot of nature the whole landscape of the film was very much in nature this island which is all like rural and they are uninhabited, a bit like mysterious. Yeah. And I believe it was shot in the Peak District. It was. Nice and northern. Can't remember mm-hmm. the name of the place, but Castleton. Yeah. Castleton. Oh, there we nice. go. Well remembered, Ellie. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, I'm interested to talk if we can a little bit about time within the film, because I always think time is really interesting. Talking about both music and film, I think they're just the things that people who work, as someone who doesn't work in either of those mediums, could be talking absolute bollocks. <laughs> um, but I believe like time is quite an important thing. Alice, you have a bit more experience yeah. in these things in your kind of practice. What do you have to say about kind of time within the mediums? Mm-hmm. Well, I think for this one, I think they were definitely trying to go for an arguably timeless sort of experience. So first of all, it's in black and white. Um, which generally connotes kind of old-fashioned sort of film, like pre-1940s or 50s. That really works well with the folklore um, kind of aspect of it because it's like that's a, a timeless kind of like, history. Um, but at the same time, and especially like with the inclusion of the music, that kind of makes you think about like the 90s, uh, the noughties sort of ray of music scene. Um, they definitely wanted to modernise it a bit to, first of all, go hand in hand with their experiences but also um to just i guess ground it in more of a contemporary setting and like the way they were dressed as well that was said before like they like incorporate modern aspects into what they're wearing so like like the black pants the the black trainers the leather jackets and all that kind of stuff they were in caps as well and they were in caps yeah so it's just really cool it's like a fun medley where time is up for interpretation like along with i guess the the rest of the aspects of the film and the exhibition definitely and when they were talking um they made it really clear they wanted to like get across to us that um they were talking about north in the past tense as both of them have as i said this kind of strange relationship with the north so um declan was obviously thinking about his youth and when he used to live in the north and like a little bit of his you know his childhood and i believe he kind of was, was touching upon possible like trauma that he may have experienced or like, you know, personal experiences yeah. either way um and then obviously like if that then applies to michaela is like the looking back to ireland you know like kind of, it's almost like a homecoming and a returning and a you know both of them were kind of exploring these things mm-hmm. of like yeah north as like an idea of the past yeah that's what i took away from what they were saying and then i definitely as i watched the film had this like feeling of suspended time so i don't know i want to know your thoughts a little bit on this because i thought well just in the way it was shot and the general like aesthetics that they were using 
but it just felt like now also knowing the artist's meanings like you know that like how the meanings they've applied to this so as we've said it's not really for us necessarily like we don't have to know the personal things that they put into this project to appreciate it and mm. that's absolutely fine i'm a i'm a big big fan of art just being for the artist and i think because i mean like, it's I think, less it becomes less of a commodity in that way so like it's not made as something that's going to be with the view to sell it or to kind of make it into something that people will immediately understand and then want yes definitely and i think even with any art you know a piece of music or a book could be a really good example you mm -hmm. know if, if someone's writing a piece of fiction they're still they still have a connection like jk rowling has like profiles of all the characters that she wrote about mm -hmm. and like she knows them like they are real people that like to her that will never have that relationship with the books that she's written so it's like yeah. she as the artist has a relationship that we're never going to be invited into that's her private relationship with her work mm -hmm. that's really cool and if you'd like you just apply that to all arts this isn't a lovely example that these two artists collaborated i don't know if they had a if they had ever met i think their kind of paths had crossed but they'd not like you would just go moving in the same circles but i don't know yeah. if they'd ever met really before this and it was nice to see them together because they clearly did like each other quite a lot. They're, yeah, I think a friendship has been formed through this art and this chance like that they had to work together and move like through some of their like like some things that they want to work through. And I yeah. think that's a really cool thing that art allows you to do. But then like almost using this these their two mediums together to kind of like pause time, stop everything. Let's create this because i just thought on this like fantasy island where like time isn't real yeah. and like you know all this cool stuff like sci-fi mythology adventure <laughs> yeah it's a good mix good mix of things well i think that's quite a good place to kind of end this episode it's been like really interesting and it's always a really valuable experience to actually hear artists talk about the work because it, you're always going to gain something new, even if you know everything about the project or you think you know everything about a project. There's always so much more insight. And that was just really nice, a nice way to kind of yeah. experience it. And obviously, um, this unfortunately isn't the case for every exhibition you can ever go to. The artist isn't always going to be there. But that's why it's a good thing to go to previews, because usually they are there for them at least. That's quite yeah. fun, yeah. Definitely. And as I said, I'm a, a seasoned artist when it comes to talking to other artists. <laughs> But, yeah, I think we'll all have different levels of experience as, you know, creative people who are new to this whole podcasting malarkey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it is a malarkey. <laughs> yes, we're on our own adventure. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yes. I, I can't get past that people listen to this. This just, like, <laughs> freaks me the hell out. Yes, and thank you so much, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, those... Thank you, Barbara. <laughs> yes, shout out to, to oh, Barbara. Number Barbara one fan. fan. Yes. But no, thank you so much for listening, guys. And, you know, if you did ever, you know, any listeners out there that think, oh, yeah, artist talk, that would be cool, but I wouldn't know where to find one or I wouldn't know who to go with, send us a message on social media and come along with us. Also Hell as well, yeah. like, I don't think I've mentioned it before, but just the crack the magazine is so it lists like so much stuff and like I'm always looking through them every month like trying to find things that look really cool so that's like I usually find that that's my main point of like looking for things but yeah. obviously reach out as well yes you guys do. want to we're at hey art what's good on everything because amazingly it's not taken so thank god for that hey. <laughs> no one's suing us yet no 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 yeah so we've got 
Instagram, Twitter, not Facebook because it's 2018. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Email, obviously. Hey. So, yeah, yeah, reach out to us. Yeah. So, before we go, we like to, yeah, we like to ask each other what we're looking forward to. And that could be an arty thing, it could be an anything thing, really. Um, another thing I'm looking forward to is on Saturday, so the day like this episode airs, there's the cropped up market at Cobalt Studios in Newcastle, so it's just in Shieldfield. Uh, it's just a kind of awesome like collaboration between lots of local artists, kind of like a fair market thing, but it also really encourages artists to talk to each other and like kind of network, but like not in that, you know, gross, annoying way of like, you know, networking. Like gotta get contacts to do business. But it's just a really cool like collaboration where people can just go chill, yeah. look at some cool art. Um so I'm just excited to that. That's a good one. Because, yeah, yeah, it is like people think networking and they always think like, ooh, business. And it's like, nah, sometimes you just get chatting to people and it happens that they do cool things and you can kind of like get in touch and yeah. be friends. And yeah. Hell yeah. What are you looking forward to, Rosie? Oh, I'm going to go back to the family things we were talking about at the beginning of the episode. Oh, please do. To be, yeah. So to actually reference something that we talked about quite a lot because it was the artist talk was so good because we did go off on absolute tangents and it was all about art and the art that we were looking at but it was also about like being an artist like what does that mean yeah. and other things and one of the main takeaways that I got from it is if you're going to be an artist contemporary artist especially in the north you're definitely going to be working multiple jobs all the time mm -hmm. which means you're a busy busy bitch which is what you are. Yeah. So it's fine. I'm not alone. But that does mean that when I want to see my mum or dad, I have to book them in. Yeah. <laughs> I have to like write them in my calendar. So I'm excited to hang out with my dad. I've planned two times to go and see him. So I'm going to go to his oh, house lovely. and chill and probably help him decorate. But then also drink beer. So it's a good day. Yeah. Ellie, what's up? Wow, guys. It's restaurant weeks, my favourite two weeks of the year. <laughs> Every time I'm always counting down. So this time, gonna go to the Bohemian, which is a vegan restaurant on Pink Lane. And I'm very excited because they've got right, okay, they've got the perfect menu, because they've got a lot on their menu, and it's the fifteen pound option, which, you know, is alright. But like I like the dedication to a good menu when they have restaurant week. Cause sometimes they don't even care. And that's that's not good. Not Bohemian, but like other restaurants. Not Bohemian. Yeah, they shall not be named. Yes. Because Ellie was telling me, don't they, like some restaurants kind of like dumb down their menu. They're like, oh, they it's, do, it's yeah. only restaurant week. It's only a 15 pound menu. So I'm going to like. And then add a service charge on top. Yes, guys. Which yeah. is I'm not, I'm about that. Can we warn people about that? What yeah. was it, Ellie? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not naming names. No, I'm not name. naming and shaming. But like, I don't know. With a 10% service fee, you're always going to be like, I'm not going to tip after. I'm just, the service fee is like the service. But I don't know, it makes it like a £15 sort of meal where you're like, yeah, I can afford that to £20. And you're like, oh, shit, that's not great. I'm going to have to not pay for a ticket to the Metro now. Oh, that's, that's great. Not what I signed up for. And she doesn't mean that she'd jump the Metro. No, she don't do that. that. She couldn't afford a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay, well, on that cheery note, I'm going to say goodbye. Yes, thank you for listening. You know where to find us and tune in next week. Yeah, do get in touch. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.